Inside Improv with Stacy Halal, Joe Bill, Elise Rodriguez, and special guests Biddy Kemry and Stacy Smith. means it's Inside Improv. How was it Friday again? I don't know about you, but my life is going by <laughs> very fast. Uh, but I am so excited about today's guests. And also, this will be our, our uh, we're going to take a break next week. So we'll have two weeks. We'll see what that feels like uh, <laughs> between shows. But I'm very excited. First, before we bring on our amazing guests, uh, I'm going to bring on uh, Joe Bill. Uh, hi, my co-host and lifelong friend. Hi. Hello, host and lifelong friend. <laughs> we have twice. I have I have Stacy in stereo today, it's, and I'm so excited. There's gonna be more Stacy than anybody can handle. But I'm looking forward am, to it. I mean, awesome. my strategy today is mostly just shut the fuck up. That's your strategy listen. usually on the show, well, isn't it? it? It kind of is, but I mean, I'm doubling down. <laughs> I have double shut the fuck up in my head today. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's bring on Elise Rodriguez. Hello. Hey. I've written a lot of shut the fuck up checks in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fuck. <Here>. That's. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm so happy. I'm very happy today. Good. It's just going to be so exciting. Well, then let's not make anybody wait any longer. Let's bring on our guests, Biddy Kemry and Stacy Smith from Amsterdam. Yay! Represent Boom Chicago. Hi. We showed up out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is the better version of Brady Bunch. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I I wouldn't it be cool if we could pass things like really pass things though, not just even fake. I just wanna, like, I don't know. yeah. But I can give you a little. Here's a heart to you, uh, Stacy. Ready? Thank you. <laughs> it's just threw it away. Did you see that? She took it. She was like, "Thank you." And then I tossed, tossed it to someone like, else. Again oh, I see. Of. Okay. <laughs> Joe, anytime that Stacy Halal talks, Joe and I are gonna go like this. <laughs> Here's a story. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we're obviously way. like beyond ourselves excited to have you both here uh, because we already know and, and love you. Biddy, I don't know you as well. I'm so excited to get to know you because if, if you too. know these people, do you know Elise and Joe? Have you all met before? I know Joe. Okay, so this Here's is the one. actually best friends. We grew up together. <laughs> Here's the one thing I will say today is when I met Betty at Boom Chicago, we sat in the bar and we started talking. And I, for a second, like I just forgot that we had just met because we just, <laughs> I just remember we just started talking like we've known each other forever. Yeah. And then immediately yeah. I just, the fact that this was the first time we met, it was, it went away. That's my contribution. Have yeah, I, I remember when, when, when we, we did the show at Boom Chicago, we did Shot of Improv. And there was this one mm -hmm. moment where I, I think like we came off a scene together or something like that. And you just leaned in and you were like, that was rad. And I was like, <laughs> instead of just being like, oh my gosh, 
yeah, like I was just, I leaned in like you were my best friend and we had just done what we had like planned to do all summer and saved up for it. And I was like, yeah, it was, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Just so easy. Yeah, so easy. That was rad. It's been very (laughs) But it's 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 weird because it's almost like like these two have a similar relationship as you as you and Elise. So there's it's it's um yeah sometimes you find that handful of people where all of a sudden it's like you've been doing this the whole time and that's yeah uh, that was the case I think. Uh, Stacy Smith show was totally rad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Tom Benzel says hello, Stacy Smith. Tom Benzel. Yeah. Long time, <laughs> long time fan. It. Yeah, here, put it up there. So here, watch. You can see it. Look at that. Everything yeah, is like this. Wow. This is the amazing. I don't even feel like I deserve this future. <laughs> this is too much for me. I love it. Uh, oh, and Will! Will Luera. Come on now. Come on. Will, we've already been talking about you and how much we love you yeah. even while we were getting ready. So know that you're So we won't talk about always. you anymore. Goodbye. They no. <laughs> <laughs> <I> will. <laughs> All right. Well, Stacy, let's start with you. Um, you're originally from Long Island, uh, and how did you how did you come to improv? So I I grew up doing theater, and I grew up doing musical theater. Believe it or not, um, but actually did musical theater and never like was a singing role because I didn't realize I liked to sing until later. I just liked to be big characters. And I went to school for theater, went to university. And my senior year of university, the woman who I worked work study at this small 90 seat black box theater that was in a beautiful little barn in Long Island in Patchogue. And she had (laughs) told me to go to the second city and recommended, gave me a pamphlet and was like, you should go here for like an intensive. And she gave it to me in like November. And I booked a flight and went in January for 10 days and I took a one week immersion in improv and writing and never looked back. Amazing. What Mm. school, what is that town hat? Herzog? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's Werner Herzog. (laughs) It's Patchogue. Patchogue. What university is there? Um, I went to, well, I went to Pace University in Manhattan, and then I transferred once I was like, oh, I don't want a degree in theater, I'll never have a job, and went for speech and theater and music at St. Joseph's College. Wow. St. Joe's! That, that scene of, like, the brochure is so out of a movie, it's like, it, here, go here, and then you, like, see the brochure. It, yeah. And it was, it was a nun, and I went to a school that was... Um, in the yes. Catholic tradition, it was not a religious school, but it had started as a uh, like a Montessori or a Catholic school, and then transi- transitioned into a college. So the woman who ran the theater was like this insane nun. Huh? Um, I, you know yeah. what? I got to say, I have loved the nuns I have met in my life. I'm going to say, I know many people have had horrific experiences, but yes, I've met some, some wild nuns. Uh, so, (laughs) so you went uh, to Chicago, you did this intensive and then what was your next step from there? Cause you went back to 
Long Island. Yeah, I went back to Long Island. I did the intensive in January, um, met Shantir Jackson, who's still my best friend. I met her. We looked at each other. We immediately fell in friendship, love, and we were like, let's do this for the rest of our lives. And then I went home, waitressed uh, my ass off and I was so bad at it. Um, really good at talking to the tables and then never remembered yep. to put food in. That was my problem <laughs> and then, too. <laughs> and then I moved there that October and took classes, uh, at second city. I was in the IFA program, the improv for actors program. And I did IO and I did the music conservatory and annoyance. I did everything all at the same time. Like a like a crazy person. So did I. Yeah. I am that other crazy yeah. person. That's I was like, if I'm here, I'm going to do absolutely everything in the world. And I did. And I saw shows seven nights a week and I nannied and worked at a preschool during the day. That was infuriating and disgusting. Uh, and you must have been so then, tired. Oh, I was exhausted. I would, I, I had like a shift that was like 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then I would go to classes oh and then gosh. stay for shows. Yeah, it was insanity. But luckily I only had to do it for a few years. And then I started like doing ships and, and gigging and stuff. All the good stuff. Great. And when you say ships, you mean Second City ships? Yeah, the uh, Second cruises. City ships. Fantastic. And then how'd you end up at Boom. So, um, shout out, John G. John. Hi, John. Um, I like that hunger. Ooh, I love when he compliments me. I love him so much. And he's my hero. Um, uh, so I was uh, touring through Europe. So I am like uh, Joe Bill's daughter. And he was like, go travel the world, do the things that I do. And so I was uh, touring throughout Europe, teaching musical improv the past few years. And I taught a, a, someone connected me with Sasha, who's our music director here at Boom. And I went and taught a musical improv workshop for the cast of Boom Chicago, maybe two years ago or two and a half years ago. And Biddy was in the cast and the two English Simons. It was Simon Fielder's first week in the cast and Tamara and Sine and Reese. It was a lovely group. And I uh, played in some shows and then kept in touch with everyone. Came back a year later because I was touring through the Netherlands teaching, guested in some shows and Andrew was in the audience and Tamar had just said she was leaving and they asked me to join. And I called Matt from Amsterdam and said, do you want to move to Amsterdam? And he said, fuck <laughs> yeah. And then we moved. <laughs> awesome. It That's all so... happened very quickly. And yeah. now did you, Biddy, did you two meet before that? You've known each other since before that or did you just no. meet? Yeah, okay. no, we, met, we met when she did the workshop for us and she came actually on like, a pretty bad day and then <laughs> literally turned it all like we were in the we were in like the depths of a show process so we were up at like I mean we were probably up at like 10 a.m every day and then at the theater straight away and then we'd leave the theater at around like 3 a.m after just like writing and workshopping and improvising mm -hmm. all day to put a new show up and um it was like the probably like a horrible day we were just like not getting along everything was tough we just like wanted to kill each other. And then Stacy was like, you guys want to do a workshop? And we were like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck this. And she's like, it's a musical. And, I was and then I'm like, like, I've got oh. a pencil up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and we were like, ah, I'm going to kill you. But then like, you know, like obviously five minutes into the workshop with Stacey, we all were like madly in love with her and ha- we're having so much fun and completely forgot about where we were in show process. So it was just like, just what you it was needed. Great. That was the first time we met. And then a year later, Stacey was like, I'm visiting. Do you want to get brunch with me and the other um, girl in the cast, Tamar? So we had brunch and then Tamar was like, I'm leaving. And I was like, Stacey, Tamar's leaving. <laughs> I can't say anything, but she's here. Come on, girl. That's awesome. And so then, many uh, friends. It's so great. Hi. And Biddy, how did, yeah, we have so many people watching who we love. Uh, hello, Gail and John G, love Tom. Uh, Biddy, how did you end up in Amsterdam at Boom? In Amsterdam at Boom, I was improvising in London. Oh, wow. Sort of. <laughs> um, basically, like, I I was, I was started improvising in L.A., and then I met a man, and um, he boo. stole my heart. So then, yeah, boo. <laughs> and I went to uh, London for him. And then, you know, I started picking up. I, I did a tiny bit of improv in L.A., and then in London I was like, I, I, like, I just was, like, diving all in. And I was doing improv there, and the guy who ran the free association there um at the time is a boom alum and he saw me perform and i had i was like sneaky performing and stuff in london because i was on a tourist visa and so you technically weren't allowed to like be even performing because if the show made money that was illegal um you couldn't even volunteer so i i was actually back in the states bartending and hating my life just waiting to save up enough money to go back to London to be with that guy and continue things and I got a uh, a app this was I got a call from my uh, this guy at the free association and he was just like hey they're doing auditions for boom Chicago I need you to get on a flight in two weeks and I was like um I don't have any money and he was just like well said every improviser yeah yes. yeah <laughs> So my sister lent me the money and I went back and I auditioned and then I came to Boom. Amazing. Awesome. And now you both are, uh, have brought all of your do it all at once energy to (laughs) where your (laughs) cast members, your administrators of the Academy, uh, for Stacy and Biddy, you're the uh, stage manager, assistant director. Um, and there's a festival that you're putting together. So that's, I mean, here's the thing about, I don't know if everyone really fully understands that, um, for them, for you two to have this much responsibility on top of being cast members is tremendous <laughs> because Boom really works you. Like it is, yeah, it's girl, too much, <laughs> girl. I will tell you. I'll tell you what. I since I got to Boom, it was like I've been wearing a hat on a hat and a hat, and I was like, it doesn't work in a scene. It doesn't work in real life. <laughs> but it's, it's like so hard. What you have to do at Boom as well is like you have to be able to be a host, a teacher, a um, you know, mm. a, like a performer and a musical performer and all these other things. So admin on top of that is nuts. And I, uh, for the first like two years or so when I was at Boom, I was kind of the only one doing anything on the admin side. That's not to say that the other cast members were also doing tons of stuff. They do corporate work, they teach, they're doing all these things. And then I had like another layer on top of that until Stacy showed up. And then finally, and we were living together when she first came here as well. So it was just constantly like, like Stacy just pulling up to my doorway, being like, 
hey, this is hard, right? And me being like, <laughs> someone, someone who gets it. This is hard, right? <laughs> and I'd be like, yes, yes, yes. And then we just have Amazing. a glass of wine and... Well, and you know, at Curious, we've been looking at all different kinds of pay models, um, you know, and we're in a in a smaller market where people aren't necessarily trying to be professional. So it's not coming from the cast. It's just coming from the equity issue that's hard to ignore and shouldn't be ignored. Uh, So the boom model is something that we've considered and. And even with Kristen, we were talking, Kristen Shear, my co-artistic director, we're like, what if everybody did some admin, you know, and everybody, I was like, gosh, how do you, how do you hire for that once you get your first team together, right? And you're like, oh, we lost this person who is our musical performer, our strongest musical person and our festival Mm -hmm. coordinator. Like, how do you, Yeah. you know? Oh yeah, when they lose us, they're done. <laughs> Real um, talk. I gotta right say, there. like all of that, that kind of—I know that it's definitely stressful, and I've and I've yet to be in that kind of position. But that sounds to me like someone like me would love that because it sounds like you would never be bored, right? Like I also yeah. have a sick love of admin and a sick love of performance, <laughs> so it's a little weird. But um, <laughs> I feel like it's—it sounds dynamic enough where at least you're you're never kind of like. Uh, kind of doing the same shit over and over again not yeah, to take away from how stressful it must be yeah a lot of the administrative stuff like that Biddy and I do is also very creative so like right. for me um for me you know kind of teaching and doing this full-time before I had come here for me it's like what what are the things that I can now do to challenge myself to step up the game to make sure that I mm-hmm. leave this place better than I found it to build right. community to do these things so for me it's like um it's like a no brainer it's like because I want to be create we're doing six shows a week and they're the same shows a week so it's the it's really really nice to have something that kind of is different than um, mm-hmm. because Biddy gets to make all of the running orders for the cast and manage all of the corporate clients and all, you know, so we, we get like, kind of, we get to be involved in it a little bit more, which yeah. I think is, I find fascinating. Uh, you know, I love the training center job. This is now my third training center role and I like eat, sleep and breathe curriculum. So for me, it is, it is definitely hard to juggle all the things because there mm-hmm. are so few people at boom. Um, but it's totally it's totally worth it at the end of the day, as exhausted as you are. Well, and I think it's the kind yeah. of like grueling schedule that also creates, takes pow- people who are already powerhouses and just makes them absolutely unstoppable. You've, you're <laughs> doing corporate gigs in all these different venues. You're playing for international audiences. You're doing it every... I mean, there aren't that many places you can do six shows a week. Like, I'm curious, I would love us I mean, to have... No. I, my original business plan had us with six shows, you know, six nights a week. We do 13 shows yeah. a week, but they're all... The main ones are crammed in the weekends, right? Like you can't get people in. So can we talk a little bit about, well, and just to follow myself up on like, and that's why, you know, (laughs) Boom has produced some of my favorite people in the, you know, not produced, but have come from Boom uh, and, and uh, so you two and Jordan 
Peel and uh, like that. I mean, the list is tremendous of yeah. people who've been through. Amber Ruffin, we were talking about while we were getting started. One of my favorites, Ike Barinholtz, uh, Seth Meyers went through. Boom, like, mm-hmm. and those bonds that you create there because you're in these trenches sure. together. Yeah. Um, and yeah. for better or for worse, it you can have really a bad nice day. To be- yeah, it's nice to be in the small cast. Like, you so very rarely get to do that. Like, in Chicago, I was part of the Deltons and Musical Armando, and we had, like, a rotating cast of, like, 20 or 30 of us. But to work with four other people constantly all the time, it, you have one of two options. You don't get along or you do get along. <laughs> and we're super, super lucky that the five of us are all super, super close. Like, we hit the cast jackpot of, like, us really just kind of bonding together really easily. Uh, so it is really nice because I've been on ship casts that were not that way. And then you live underwater with them. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh not fun. That's, not fun. that's right. And that's what I was going to say when, when Biddy, you're talking about having a bad day. It's like, yeah, well, you still have to come and do this really intimate uh, and vulnerable <laughs> process together. No matter what. Oh, poor Stacey. I just imagine you're looking out. You're just like, oh, I wish I could just get away and turning to like the small little window. (laughs) And a fish going by. I had a porthole and it was like this big and it was only for like perching up and singing songs about sadness. Oh, so awful. I just, I would like to know what a typical day in 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 the ship life is like I watch Below Deck by Bravo, so this is going to be hilarious. Uh, this is this is very important to me. So, well, what is okay? Like a, what's so it typical depends day on, like for you on the boat. It depends on are you single or are you in a relationship? Are you an alcoholic or are you not? <laughs> <laughs> those are the categories. It sounds like a joke, but it's not. From everything, it's yeah. not. It's not. Um, I mean, we were doing fifteen shows a week on on the ship that I was on, and you know, wow. every Sunday is four thousand new passengers. It's like Groundhog's Day, but you can either like you always have two options: you can either make the most of it or let it literally devour you and mm-hmm. you know if you band together with all the different entertainers on the ship and go out on excursions and make the best of it then it's freaking awesome but it is definitely a learning curve of like oh god this is the real world <laughs> like literally the mtv show the real world <laughs> <laughs> my friends well, who, deck. <laughs> who, who who did the ships like it, they would either come back like in the greatest shape of their life oh, yeah. super tan ready to take on the world or just broken be lost yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's it's a test well it's hard to sure. not feel like you're gonna be forgotten like it's four months and and the scenes move so quickly especially in chicago of like the turnover of casts of this so for those four right. months even though you're hired by like one of the biggest comedy theaters in the world you're like well what is happening in these four months are they casting this are they casting that and you're still thinking about it even though you're like making the most money doing comedy you'll ever make and then it's over and you'll never have it again. <laughs> I was just having, I'm so glad you said that. I was just having a conversation with an improviser friend of mine about the importance of making your own name in improv and not being attached to a theater because of exactly what yeah. you're saying. Um, and in the sense that like, if you're attached to a theater, then it, it's just means so much more to be within that theater. And it's almost like losing sight like our ego takes over just a little bit. Like what's going on at this theater? Cause this is like my space mm-hmm. and I need to protect that space versus no, I'm fucking Stacy Smith. Like I go wherever <laughs> the fuck I want. 
Yeah, but <laughs> right? that is, it's interesting because the only time people really want to attach you to a theater is if they want to market you for something that is popular mm-hmm. for their theater. So like if, mm-hmm. you know, if it was interesting for them to be like Stacy Smith from Second City, then they would market me as that. If they wanted right. to highlight musical improv, they would be like Stacy from IO Theater. So it just kind of depended on what they were hiring me for to see where they brand me. But it was really nice when it was finally like Stace Jam and it was just, just me. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, and speaking of that, uh, you know, word on the street, Stacy, is that you've been a big part in helping Boom open up to the city of Amsterdam and the, and the larger scene. Because it is, I think, very natural for people to be like, this is my place and that's that place. Yeah. And we, we fall into an us and them mentality without trying. I see it happen over and over again. Uh, so can was that, I guess I have two questions. Was that your stated goal like were you intentionally wanting to open boom up and to what were some of the things you've done to help boom be more connected yeah so i think because i had known people both at boom chicago and like at easy laughs which is one of the other uh big english-speaking uh comedy entities here because i had known yoko meyer and a few other folks from festivals so i kind of knew that there was like two or three things happening and i had experienced never experienced that in chicago because it's like you could go anywhere at any given moment and do an improv show for three rats and a woman named deb but um (laughs) But for, oh, Deb, but for, I miss her. <laughs> Deb, she's always at the Underground Lounge. Um, but it, it, it was very clear that I was going to come into a scenario that felt very similar to how I felt in Boston, that there was kind of like two theaters. And, and I was always so frustrated by the fact that like you are never going to be a good theater unless you have a little of everything. It's the same thing I tell my students like, you're a good improviser if you know a little about a lot. It's the kind of the same way for any training center. It's like you want the people to perform at your theater to have a wealth of knowledge from multiple training centers. Like you don't want them to just know this one thing. And our training centers are really different. So I did know a lot of people and I had known people from festivals that were like, I'm glad you're here. This is kind of the lowdown and how we feel. We kind of feel stuck in the middle. We don't really have a place to play. We don't really know what to do. Um, so I had like a little bit of an inside scoop at the same time. And I didn't know that I would take over the training center but, you know, when you just know, <laughs> um, because because it's just natural when you've been in leadership positions to, you know, if you're a Virgo, want that always. So I, it, yeah. and, and Biddy helped me get the training center job because they it was just a class coordinator position. It was just someone who was scheduling the classes. And um, they had hired someone, poor, poor woman was hired for like 24 hours. And then Biddy called Andrew and was like, Stacy has a wealth of, she's run two training centers. Why are you hiring someone that's just a class coordinator? This could be a huge thing because we were partnered with the Free Association in London and they're remarkable and they have a brilliant curriculum, but we were, we were training our students to do things that we were not doing on our stage. Mm. So we were, and that was so evident from teaching right away of like, we're teaching the Herald, but we don't do the Herald and we teach this, but we don't do that. We do kind of, we do sketch comedy that has 
improv games in it. And then we do a lot of short form and then we do a little bit of long form. That's also changed a bit in the last year and a half um, because Biddy and I have been running community shows and we've been trying to get more long form. But so it was just kind of clear immediately what the community was like, like wanting. And after the first session of teaching, I was like, oh, it's really clear what they are drawn to or what they like in shows and, and stuff like that. So as soon as I started running the training center, we start, I started um, programming community nights. So every Sunday after our long form show, which is the show that is most attended by our students, then we would have community shows. So we had a rotating um, a monthly show. So it would be a Boom Chicago open mic stand-up based, which we teach stand-up as an elective, but Matt's in the cast and Simon's in the cast and they're both stand-up comedians. So we wanted to implement that a little bit more because we do have stand-up based things in our shows. Um, we had a musical improv night because you're not, you know, come on. <laughs> um, we had an independent night. Biddy uh, created and coached the very first Herald team that we ever had at Boom Chicago. So we had an independent night that they kind of hosted. And then we had an academy jam. So we would kind of create different forms and then have students do two-person scenes with the cast members. Um, so like a really safe jam format where they were protected and, and felt really confident and everyone got a mandatory standing ovation and, you know, like all the good, the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and we saw like just the, we just, uh, I felt it immediately. I knew we all did that. This was the thing that we needed and that we were missing. And, and Andrew, uh, our boss, um, he's very willing to be convinced. Like one of the greatest traits he has is he's like, convince me <laughs> and then like, put it out in writing, show me, and then we'll do it. And so it didn't take a lot of convincing. I was like, we're doing community nights. This is what we're doing. And I, showed him kind of a new curriculum that we just launched in January, but have not taught yet because we closed. Right. Um, but we're doing kind of a core program of three intro levels, and then you could go a long form track or a short form track. That's and then we have extra electives. Great. So something that is more geared to what we actually do in our theater, which is super, super exciting. That's great. Kristen Shear will love that because we've been, you know, we tried to mix the two in the curriculum and that's it just doesn't give either enough time. Yeah. Mm. And it's so fascinating now teaching so many different curriculums because they teach at Second City. A through E is a lot of hand holding. Yep, yep. IO is like level one, week seven, you're doing a herald. It's like sink or swim, babies. Here's long form. Um, you know, so and then Improv Boston was kind of a mixture, felt like a mixture of of the two because you know, we do all forms. So you need to have a huge understanding of short form to heighten your long form. So I think that people are, are are really split in our community of what they're drawn to. They like kind of everything. So we're trying to offer them uh, as many tools as we can in, in both directions. That's great. Yeah, when we start, we didn't do any short form for the first five years. We were all long form. Uh, and I, you know, I 
came up through long form and had only done really comedy sports for short form. Yeah. And uh, and I, I love comedy sports, but it wasn't really till I saw some theater sports like at Dad's mm. and uh, at Dad's Garage, at SAC Comedy Lab, at Rapid Fire at Edmonton, where I was like, oh, this has as much of like the story that I love yeah. uh, combined with the short form. And we were at the point where we were losing $3,000 a month you know, trying to be a long form theater. And, uh, and so it was a real tough transition because a lot of people didn't want to do short form. Which is ridiculous. And I will fight everyone to the end of the earth. I agree. Short form is a hundred percent necessary for all improvisation. It's, it's how you find the game of any scene. It's and like people are like it's cheap, it's hokey. It's like no, it's not. It's just but a it's long polished. form scene, you learn cut shorter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna speak very frankly. Uh, when you watch a long form team do a montage, what are they doing other than a short form show that is a series of open scenes? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I no, went to the you have to say you. something. I'm, I know you want to <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. It's just short form. If you're not telling wow. any kind of long story, if you're not calling anything back, if there's no yeah. thread, you know, even Ooh. if I don't even need a lot for it to become long form, right? I just need the littlest, <laughs> tiniest bit of a thread. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, it's it might as well be, and that's okay. That's all great. And yeah. so and short. And short form, like being at comedy sports, it's super accessible. Like being able to perform for all ages and have something that they can recognize very quickly, I think is remarkable. I love short form. And then and Joe wants to say something so bad. I so, saw go him ahead, open Joe. His, go ahead, Joe. A lovely yeah, Muppet I, mouth. He goes like, like three yeah. times. Go. <laughs> That's what I do. It's up. <laughs> Because with short form, you're stopping and starting and you're introducing the proposition to the audience, which is paid money to laugh. And each proposition is different package that has a parachute on it called even failing is funny. And then you're on to the next thing. So, but if, if you're going to do it, like, what's a herald? What's long form? What, like an audience has to understand what the hell they're watching yeah. And they don't have the benefit of the spoken context before the piece happens. And so, I mean, you have to stay open and pay rent. Uh, That's it. Yeah, exactly. And we do a ton of long form. And, and, you know, there were audience members as well who loved us. And I mean, we, we did survive that first five years, but they, uh, and they were sad when we started doing short form and not as much long form. Uh, and I know Will Luera, we talked about, you know, changing what you do and the audience mm-hmm. needing to come along for the ride and, yeah. and enduring that transition. But then <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thank you, Will. That <laughs> was just from earlier. <laughs> John, that's John Tim doing our tech. A callback from John doing the tech right there. So this is so this is long form. Yeah, long this form. is long form. Now <laughs> okay. it's long form. Woo! But so we started doing a short form, and then we would go. We the first time we went back to a long form for a holiday show. I remember people who were really uneasy about short form leaning over to me, and like, I really miss showdown which is our short form show because the pace is just so exciting and the audience yeah. is just so into it and you can draw bigger it's a different feeling than when we do like Shakespeare in our small theater and yeah, it's yeah, longer yeah. And, and it's just a and whole different form feel. teaches you to put on your director's hat as as any part of the cast like for me short form tells like reminds me of polish it reminds me of keeping a streamlined show it makes me more professional um, especially if you focus on 
honing that, right? It's not like you just say, oh, we're going to do short form. We're going to go putz around and be annoying, awkward hosts. Like, no, we're going to, we're going to actually work on this and, and polish it as a, as a product, right. As something that we're making money off of. Well, and that's a I joke. think I like hosting more than I like improvising. Me too. Me too. I love, <laughs> I love hosting. hosting so much. I love hosting. <laughs> uh, you know, Joe was the first person to make the connection between my last name and my sort of life's conflict, which is uh, the right way. My my last name means the right way. Um, and oh, my wow. dad didn't have an accent, but he would say, imitating someone who who had who told my sister like this is what it means the right way so my dad would always say the halal way it's the right way the halal way (laughs) so what short form does for me is it reminds me to shut that voice the fuck up and to have fun and not overthink it and it was joe who one day were like at some festival in some hotel room and smoking in a you know and joe's like (laughs) he he picks up the ashtray this is the boat joe going and, and you know that there is no such thing, right? That's the <laughs> moment. <laughs> like, mind blown. I, like, I know, but I don't know. Yeah. So, so somebody asked, Tom asked if the audience, the audience is English speaking. You perform in, in English uh, at Boom. Is that correct? Is that still the case? Yeah, we perform, yeah, we perform in, in, English, in English, but we have... International like, audiences. Yes. Mm-hmm. They they understand that they're going to be there to hear a show in English and Sometimes. understand it at whatever. <laughs> awesome. Now, Biddy, you were talking about the process. Uh, what is the process like creating a, a boom show? It is incredible <laughs> and grueling at the same time. It is a beast I've never encountered before in my entire life. I've never experienced anything like it. I've done a couple of show processes now at Boom, but it's just um, constant for a really short amount of time. And um, How long it's is it? Like, like at Second City, it's like 12 weeks to create a show. How long is it at Boom? 12 weeks. Uh, it depends. Like we did a show once where we wrote it in, um, in two months and then it okay. was up and that's actually really short for us. And then I think typically a, a show process is about four months. So we start like January, February ish. And then it premieres in at the end of May, early June. Um, kind of thing. And we basically just, I mean, sometimes it depends like boom has so many different approaches to writing processes. So I've been in a couple of them now, um, where we've had, we've had, we often have the concept of the show given to us and then they say, we want this concept, write it. And so (laughs) we go, okay, great. What do we know about this? And we try and start putting some things together. We throw ideas together and we write a ton of sketches and most of them don't make it into the show um and what's, what's an example even, of we, a concept you, you've been given in the past or that one might be given okay so one of the shows that we did that was very much given to us and i'd like to make that clear <laughs> is um <laughs> the future is here and it's slightly annoying and the con that was the name of the show and the concept was futuristic technology and uh, how much more about it we know than you. <laughs> um, which and was AI. also just not Funny true. Black so it was very difficult to make. Yeah, exactly. It was almost, it was, yeah, it was like Black Mirror, essentially. It was like a show, Black Mirror, but like Black Mirror knew more than we did. <laughs> so it was just like, it was such a grueling process, that one specifically, but we had 
there's some, some that we like we're doing a show now called sitcom and that was a dream to be gifted like especially with our cast because our cast is like it just has enough of the dry sarcasm of the english people and then the, like the wackadoo of like stacy and matt um like put together <laughs> is just so much fun to talk about the 90s and then biddy holds us all together oh, just straight up <laughs> I'm just like, you guys, come on. We both are. Let's do this. <laughs> so it's a I'm cast like, of five. Is it always five? Yeah, it's always five. It didn't and, used um, to be, though, in the 90s. It was quite a big cast. And they had certain yeah. people doing corporate, certain people doing main cast shows. It would be a lot easier if there were more than five. And they would um, rotate in do, and out. They yeah, would rotate, but, and sometimes they would kind of, like, compete for a spot. Um, it was like a competition, almost, to compete for a spot in the cast. It was like, if you're doing well, you were successful, you were going to be in the show that week or something like that. You were having hot streak. Um, I think you, you would come back Woof. for it. That's, yeah, that's the that's the rumor. But, but yeah, it was, like, 14-plus people back in the days. Also, when Boom used to be on this, in this, like, tiny little theater called um it was on light Line. it was i i think it was uh, yeah. I, f I forget what the space is called but it was on the light Line, which is a touristy spot so they had a much smaller theater much less rent tons of foot traffic tons of expats tons of people who wanted to go and see shows so it was mm -hmm. just like they were they hit the jackpot with all this which is why they eventually expanded to where we are now which is the rosa Hacht. Um, and that's where we are now. I feel like you just spit and, on me. And not even did. because of the word, yeah. because of the face you made while you did it. Yeah. It felt very aggressive. <laughs> I, I think it's aggressive. It yeah. Um, yeah, this is a Philly. How, how many spaces um, have there been? Two. So this is the second the one? Yeah. And, and we're yeah, in like this a... Is the second one. Big, historic, beautiful... I mean, the Gorgeous. space is like... Gorgeous. Stained glass windows, an incredible yeah. zaw that fits, I think, 300-something, and our upstairs theater is, uh, like, 100. And then I just um, somehow, over a gin and tonic, convinced them to build an attic space that we're going to open <laughs> in the next month uh, that will uh, we'll do more stuff in the attic. So uh, now we have three three theaters. <laughs> Amazing. So that must be yeah. the theater I went to. I thought you had moved since then. Has it, it's been a while that Boom's been We've been, been on the Rosenkrox for seven years seven and then Lydell oh, before that. Yeah. Okay, then I was at the old one. And there was like a dinner, like there were long tables at the one that I was in that went yeah, up. That, so that was the, the first space, one. Joe? That was the yep. first one, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, amazing. Yep. Well, I guess I need to come back. That's for sure. Yes, please! Yeah. <laughs> So then how long does a show run? Once it's up, how long uh, of a life does it have? A year. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we take so much time kind of on the on the show process. Like literally we're every single day from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m. working on the show. 
That's you're freezing a bit, and yes. it's super funny, the poses yeah. that you've fallen into. <laughs> Very cute. Look at that. That's her new headshot. <laughs> oh, even cuter. Oh, they just keep getting cuter. Is this like, just like, yeah, yeah. John Gavritatios, the only freeze. one who could freeze like on all beautiful shots yeah. like this? Yeah. Like, like the sexiest like, 70s detective. Yours ever. just kept getting cuter oh and sweeter. God. Yeah. Wait, is and, he still and, here? Is that John Tim? That would, uh, was that from earlier? That from earlier. Yeah, it was from earlier. That's a John oh, Tim. Oh, come on, John. Yeah, he's still watching, I think. Commented. Yeah. Uh, he said he needs a good oh vocal gosh. warm-up for someone who mumbles when they talk. You know, it's like my friend has no respect for the language communication verbally. This guy is all mumble, mumble. Again, asking for a friend, of course. <laughs> I love you so much. And I, don't, I also feel like it's like a slow, scary knock at many mumbling mice. Oh, he's here. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, he that's what he does when we're getting ready to do our podcast. He'll say, he'll go, many mumbling mice. And he stops. <laughs> he leaves it alone. Yeah. He doesn't even go in there. <laughs> well, you have to cool do that. So, so would the yeah. recommendation be if you know a vocal warm-up to actually complete it? If you want it to be effective, yes. is that the only the only way to be effective is to com fully com come to completion, John? <laughs> Amazing. So so back to to boom. I find like I have such admiration for people who can do a show that many times a week for that long. I, I you know, mm. I assistant directed a, a main stage show at, with a great cast. It was a great show at Second City. It was between Barack and a hard place. So it had Amber and uh, Brian. But like, I couldn't watch it anymore. Like, I just was like, this is... But I also wasn't on stage. So yeah. granted, I wasn't... We we do have a lot of improv in our shows. And I think that's what keeps it really fresh for us. And also we kind of go through a process throughout that if there are things that are getting stale or we want something kind of new in, then we do, we can kind of put stuff in and stuff. So it can change a little bit um, based on how we're feeling, which is that's nice. Great. That's great. And Boone's yeah. how one tired of, of waiting for tonight do you think that JLo is? That's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just stands there with like a s smoldering look over and over yeah. again over decades of time. <laughs> Waiting it's for true. tonight. It's the same thing over and over again. It hits. It's a bop yeah. every time. Now, Boom was one of the first and still probably one of the only places I know improv theaters that has had a full-time uh, video person. Is that still a thing there? It did for a long time. Do you have a video production Technician. person? Not not somebody shooting we, sketches and videos. That no. was way back no, in the day. That would be great. We'd love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like Emil couldn't do that. Yeah, Emil is he can do brilliant, anything. one of the most brilliant humans Genius. ever. And yeah. Simon Fielder in our cast is also quite a uh, talented uh, videographer makes videos. So we do make video sketches every once in a while. Um, but we're also like 
very busy. <laughs> yeah, for so sure. It, it, it becomes harder to do those types of things. But we did film stuff for sitcom. Like we have a uh, <laughs> we have a Baywatch parody that's called Canal Watch, and my sweet fiance <laughs> is on a boat in the canal with a speedo on, and oh, it's the greatest. Those <laughs> really are great. awesome. I literally yeah. wrote that sketch just based on the fact that it's Baywatch, but Canal. And, and we had no concept for it, but we just went out one day and like, we were like, Hey, we want to film the sketch and your boat's pretty big. And the guy was like, yeah, hop on. And so we just like got on the boat and filmed the sketch. And it's just me, Matt and our cast member, Simon in these Baywatch outfits, like so looking funny. over the canals and then <laughs> people are like, they just see canal watch go across and they're like, Oh, that's it. It's Cause it's canal, <laughs> but Baywatch. <laughs> yeah. So Amazing. Uh, so for Boom, uh, if you audition, you get hired, you make enough money to live from all these things that keep you busy? Great question. Yeah. yeah. And and then yeah. uh, is there any kind of like rent subsidy or place provided or you pay for your rent like any resident would from your earnings? Yeah, we yeah. we pay for our rent. It, different people are on different contracts, and some people like Biddy's salary for Boom because she's an administrative role. So everyone kind of has a, a little bit different contract because we've also been here different amounts of time, and then we get raises based on how much time and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different across the board, but there are two Boom houses, and half of us live in one, and half of us live in the other. We do pay rent, but we do, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll show you pay stubs, John. Uh, we want pay stubs, all of us. Yeah, I love I love I that Biddy provided them I with improv object like work. We're working on it, Elise. We're working. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's interesting because I do think things have changed a lot over the years of Boom Chicago because of the you know the Dutch government and what their friendship treaty is with different countries. Because the last five years they've cast a lot of people out of the UK from the Free Association because they were partnered with them, whereas they had you know gone from the states for such a long time you know my scenario was much different because i got hired from a show and same with my fiance matt doing a show with me while he was here got hired so that kind of happened that way but um i do think you know it, it is kind of different because we are we are uh self-employed so we have we each have our own b dutch business and you know, it's never the same each month, you know, of what comes in. We have our regular shows, we get paid separately for teaching, and then we get paid separate for all the corporate work that we do. So it kind of changes month to month. Obviously, the last year, <laughs> we've, you know, just been paying rent yeah. <laughs> to live in the Netherlands, um, because we were completely closed and not really, we were doing a lot of live streamed corporate um events but you know for a while there there was just no work at all and we are yeah. contracted on our own because there used to be a ruling that if you work at boom for a certain number of years then you in in the netherlands then that per, that business is like responsible for you forever <laughs> or there's like some weird law um if you so, work in the same position and you don't get any more money like you have the same pay and the same position for four years or more then you're locked in as a permanent employee 
Wow. So they okay. stopped doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that they could have turnover. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in, in yeah. or that's so interesting. Like tenure. It's kind of like a tenure thing. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. The Dutch government is very fascinating. Everything is very much like the employee focus. So it's all the rights yeah. are reserved for the employee. All the focus is, is on that and protecting you in your in your job. Yeah, it's like having actors equity and not having to deal with actors equity. <laughs> right, because the actual government is doing that on your behalf. Yeah, yeah, Which exactly. is nice. Yeah. That's very yeah. nice. Another so basically cool thing you're that saying you're not is, in Florida, right? You're confirming you're not in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon's the most not that anymore, way. I, yeah. Oregon's one of two states that's the most that way. And like our yeah. minimum wage has been fif- working its way up, but ruled to be $15 an hour, you know, um, mm. uh, years ago, a couple of years ago. It's been a long time. Yeah, that's and then, amazing. And we have to pay. So that's a big uh, problem for us. And also figuring out how to pay people. Because if if it were a theater where we had a contract for a show, we could get away, although it's still gray area with paying people as contractors. But because improv's like ongoing, same people all the time. Yeah. Uh, we have to pay their taxes and all that stuff. So and workers. Yeah, and, I think they learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but And also it's interesting because, you know, what we're finding now since we've been on the Rosengrock, which is really remarkable space, is that we are that we're relearning to reach the local Amsterdam audience for our shows because we have been a tourist attraction for so long Mm. and we really are trying to build more programming like Dutch programming and, and, and having, you know, we're kind of a producer's theater. So people rent our space. We put up famous stand-up comedians. We, so we're, we kind of have a lot of hats at our theater, but we're non-subsidized theater. So we do get screwed a lot on some of the, um, you know, grant money and, and, and stuff like that. So it is really, uh, interesting Hmm. and fascinating. And also like it's been a theater for 27 years, so it's done something right. You know, it still exists. So, so, uh, so how many, so you do your show six nights a week and then like if a stand up is coming and wants to rent the space, does that bump a show or does it have to work around your show? Um, it depends. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it depends. We have since we have two theaters, we can perform in the upstairs theater during a stand-up. It depends on how many they tickets they we think they're going to sell. Um, yeah, so yeah. it usually and just so changes they, the capacity. If it's like a sellout, then we'll go upstairs. Got it. Yeah, and you've planned it long enough in advance that you just know you're going to sell the smaller capacity of tickets to your show, and then they get the big show. That's yeah. cool. There's all yeah, these we have a pretty good feel for it, especially depending on the person. Who who's some of the stand-ups that have come through to Boom? Do you remember? You've seen a ton uh, oh, of them, a lot. And famous yeah, drag queens um, too. I'm obsessed with drag culture. I'm very, very, very much a part of it. I love it so much. So I've seen a ton. Like Vanji came, Kara uh, Michaels came, um, but yeah, Eric Andre has. I saw him last year. Um, completely naked on the Boom Chicago stage. That was really fun. <laughs> his penis Listen, in improv his Boston, I didn't know that this was real. I was naked at happy stand-up? hour. Yeah, I was at happy hour with Will and he was like, you want to go see Naked Stand-Up? I'm like, <laughs> no. What? 
Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, <laughs> we scary. went. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. they're naked. Cool. Yeah. And then here we have, uh, we real. have one where they strip. So they, they we, do their set and then they have to do a strip tease as well. Okay. I, yeah. I used to see that at an annoyance, the, uh, what was it called? Skin prov. Skin prov <laughs> and tidbits before at the burlesque show. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we, or and we have bits a, um, skin we have okay. a yeah. rental each week of a male like magic mic show with like all these international sexy men dancers that we all sneak into after our late night show. Oh, yeah. Watch. yeah. <laughs> it's it's all Hindus, which is a bachelorette party. I never heard it be called a Hindu until I moved here. Um, huh. But it's like, oh, a crazy, hen- crazy. Do. Yeah. yeah. Hindu. Uh I ha- I'm going to ask about the festival in a second, but first I think John is yeah, is making a great point too where he's thinking that schools should talk about making a living in comedy, that we are comedians, we are writers, actors, admin, mm-hmm. HR, teach, repair the theater space, social media and more, which I I do think like I think this is for everything, even uh, you know, for music, uh I bet you've seen this um Stacy where like musicians will come in and do their piano piece or whatever, and then walk off. And there's like, don't teach them stage presence. And, yeah. and a lot of introverts are great musicians, but don't learn how to do that. And, um, yeah, you know, a big, another obstacle to paying people is that they don't have their own websites. I can pay standups more easily because they market themselves as a standup outside of our space. But when people, are just home, like this is my hometown and I just do this for fun. They're not going to build their own website or any of that. Um, do you two have, is that something you have done? Is that something you did a long time ago or only recently? Like, Yeah. I, I built a website like the year I was started classes and I had no right. I had nothing on there. It was like literally a picture my friend had taken of me next to a tree. Like there was just nothing there, but I did, it was, it was someone had said it to me really early on because I had every free workshop at second city about producing or anything. I had taken everything. And I do tell my level one students, like if you want to improvise, then there are also other things that you'll want to know. Um, because I really think that producing helped my improv career a ton because it was like an, a built in networking opportunity, but I also was able to learn how to treat performers and to, to program something that is um, interesting and unique and diverse and, and give people the opportunity to be on stage. And so Yeah, it is fascinating that, you know, how many people just make a living doing just improv, like two, (laughs) right? you know what I mean? Like, and also teaching, like I started teaching very early because I was like, I can't, I'm not making money improvising. I, I started teaching at Second City in the youth and teen program as soon as I could give them my resume and be like, I have tons of experience with kids and teaching, you know, dramatic improv and stuff like that with, um, with teens. And then, so I kind of got in that way, but yeah, it's, you have to wear a lot of hats to make it in, in non-standup comedy. Yeah, I, I agree. How about you, Biddy? Did you have, have you had a website or promoted yourself in that way? No, no. I feel like I'm also very fresh to, I, I think I'm, I'm much younger than Stacey when it comes to improv. And um, uh, so I 
think, and performing in general, really boom is like when I really first started performing, performing. Um, I was performing a little bit in London before that, but really not much. Um, and so then coming here was like my first being really thrown into it. And so I've learned a lot in that sense of, it's lucky because Boom also sort of sells you. They kind of act as our managers. And so they have good connections and they mm-hmm. uh, promote us around the city for different gigs. And that's really nice. It gives us a lot yeah. of exposure. But I think like Stacy said, anything in life, there's balance. And just having the one thing that I really appreciate, especially after a global pandemic with Boom, is that the people who run the theater are constantly trying to think of new ways that they can keep the theater uh in like the main street news like they literally like okay so this person is doing this how can we collaborate with them they're very very on top of like let's go we got to try new things and expand our theater and do this it's not just it's an improv show and the classes and let's hit autopilot like how they're constantly putting their feelers out for how we can you have to after 27 years otherwise what are you going to get a reviewer to write they've seen you know they've been to your theater for 27 years yeah what is going to be the news making thing or the the next big thing that you're going to kind of you know we were doing live stream shows from our theater just the actors in april a month after we locked down where we had a quarantine film crew and matt and i did a two-person short form show for three nights that we live streamed all over the world it was like one of the first you know like hybrid events that we were actually in a theater live streaming it like they're always like innovation innovation how do we do this that's Always. like the future is here was the first show that i came for and started you know i took over tamer's roles and we improvised with a robot with an ai and i was mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. i would never do this in my entire life and this robot yeah. singing a musical improv song with me right now what is this life but it's because yeah. you have to find that next interesting um thing to keep something that has been around for a very long time kind of current yeah Yeah, it's also just like the heart of improv like what we teach in our classes is that like improv can be applied into your everyday life at our corporates we talk about it too like it'll help you with your communication skills it'll help you with listening it'll help you with creativity and so we literally take that very seriously and we hunt for options to insert ourselves everywhere um and not just with like improv shows but uh for example like this morning i had a meeting with a motivational dutch motivational speaker and he was like i want to bring my stories to life and collaborate with this motivational speaker to put on a show where it's going to be more serious improv and emotional and really 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 like that yum yum long form goodness that we get but with this like incredible dutch motivational speaker who's like super popular and then you what ends up happening is we end up at these gigs where we're like an hour before we're finding out what we're doing and we're like what now (laughs) but But you have to be a group of people who are like okay like i'm ready to try it's so great to be and yeah. I love that example you gave of like just the fact that you met Stacy during a tough time with your ensemble and Stacy coming in became a team building event as much as it was <laughs> a great thing. I don't think as improvisers, we use our own 
skills like you know we we had a we had nine brick and mortar theaters here in portland at one point and there was like a lot of tension between and i was like hey can we just like start with some improv exercises and everyone's like no and i was like this is what wait what (laughs) why wouldn't we use our own skill set yeah uh which is amazing um Great. Well, let's talk about your... Oh, I just did want to add to Stacey, what you were talking about um, is like the external benefits of constantly innovating, like Biddy was describing, but also also it's why Boom is a 27-year-old theater that isn't blowing up right now with internal strife and drama as far as I yeah. know. Uh but you know, I mean we've seen all well, these Stacey hasn't left yet, so we don't know <laughs> yet. <laughs> <laughs> you better stay there. They can't survive without you. But yeah, it's like twenty five years if you if I think Biddy, you said it and I just wanted to reiterate it. So many people are like, here's the business model. We've got the classes, we've got this path to the stage, we've got these shows, and then they don't touch it. And because it's got to change. It's got to. It's got to evolve, just like the art form, just like the, just like the people, just like the culture. Like it just has to constantly be changing. Yeah. We, you know, yeah. like we have to put in exercises now that make our s- students feel more safe and 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 comfortable to have uh-huh. the space to be vulnerable and. Yeah, it yeah. constantly needs to change. Like to have the same curriculum for longer than a year, I think is gross. Like you just have to keep, you know, and, and curriculum is living and breathing. Like for me, I, and I tell my instructors this, like as long as you come out of level one and they know this, this, and this, I do have a curriculum, but also live your dreams. Every class needs something different. If there's a group of people that aren't able to do this exercise for whatever reason of that group dynamic, who cares? Do something else. Do whatever is going to work with them as long as they get out of that level and they understand, you know, concept A, B, and C. So it has to, we have to always have that flexibility. We have to be as improvisers, as instructors, so that we can yeah. make sure that, to tend to our community as much as we can. Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah. Class- every single meeting that we have with our boss goes exactly like this. Hey, Andrew, what do you think about this? And he's like, convince me and then after like 10 (laughs) minutes of trying to convince he goes yes so we're not only just the theater that does improv but we improv on a helicopter (laughs) 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 i'm pretty good andrew we're the only one (laughs) that's a really great andrew that's the plan to be that's amazing that's the plan to be well, so yeah. now speaking of improv on a helicopter, tell us about the improv festival that you are it's working on. on a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what I was hoping. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I... Um, Take me oh, with you, John Gibbetatios. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but there is there is a very famous uh, international improv festival in Amsterdam called Impro Amsterdam that is all uh, long form based. It brings all of the best groups um, all over. Biddy and I got to see some shows last year, and I got to jump in with Joe for a show. Super fun. Um, so we wanted to do something that was a bit different, um, you know, because obviously 
we don't want to uh, touch something that already exists. We want to do something. So it's kind of has this fringe festival feel to it because it's it's a comedy festival. So it's not an improv festival. Um, so we have stand up, we have sketch comedy, we have musical comedy, we have uh, two incredible drag events, we have um, like a drag brunch, and we have like a RuPaul's snatch game um show with some local drag queens and improvisers yes. mixed together <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome. awesome. and that, yes and that's a chance <laughs> yeah. for them to practice should they get on rupaul's drag race right get exactly. your skills built up exactly that's- so so and then uh there's workshops all during the week from all these wonderful guests uh that are that are coming in a bunch of different like amazing, like we have improvised Cohen brothers and, you know, uh, premise scene masterclass and dramatic improv. And so we have some festival guests coming over. Shantira Jackson, my very best friend Yay! in the whole entire world. Um, mm-hmm. And Heather Ann Campbell, who's a writer for Rick and Morty is also coming over. And then the, to me, the coolest part that I'm like super nerding out about is every single day of the festival, we have a live streamed Q and A. So we're hosting it live from our theater with guests that are not there. But we have Seth Myers and Jordan Peele and Kate Cannon and Josh Myers and Ike Barinholtz and Brendan Hunt and they're all uh, and Colton Dunn and they're all um, we're hosting it live. Uh, Saskia and Andrew are two uh, owners of the theater. Uh, Pep Rosenfeld and myself we're going to host all of the Q and A's and we're going to nerd out about Amsterdam times and improv journeys and make, you know, these people that have made a living in it more accessible for people all over the world because those will be live streamed. Uh, so you can either watch it in the studio audience or watch it uh, wherever you are. And uh, yeah, so it's a little bit of everything, which was a fascinating learning experience because <laughs> I've I've worked on Chicago Improv Festival, Chicago Teen Comedy Festival, Chicago Sketch Comedy Festival, and then I ran musical my musical improv festival. So improv festivals, I understood. And then you add in sketch comedy and stand-up and you no longer understand. <laughs> right. Um, What's the difference? So it's been a huge- what, is, what makes it different? Like in terms of the production, on the production side of it? Well, because then if you're adding sketch comedy, you're adding technical aspects that you don't necessarily have for the Mm -hmm. improv ones. Um, When you add stand-up, it uh, becomes a sometimes tougher personality of... (laughs) (laughs) of just the the worlds of like this is what I demand and expect that you are mm. that you don't realize that obviously everyone should get and then you're an improviser and you're like why am I improvising I should do stand up and stuff you can talk to me Look anytime at Stacey Hall's I, like, I know face yeah Stacey Hall's yeah, face you know, I've been nine years like, of a you know mainly stand up all Jane comedy festival and it's yeah. a it's a and you have like is a different beast to schedule a team than right that would take up twenty minutes versus seven stand-ups that would fill that same period of time yeah so it's and the order means a lot and um exactly the host means a lot the energy and the variety and the and the flow of the show so it was a lot more um really having to figure out the variety of each we're doing it as showcases so every show is a showcase so it's kind of like the four corners of America showcase where there's, you know, four groups from America from the four corners. So we titled everything kind of looked at every single show. What is the through line for this show that is marketable and, you know, interesting for this show. So it was a huge, huge learning curve for me, even after producing 
like a shit ton of things. So it's been, uh, and then working with an actual team, <laughs> like that was the craziest thing. I ran it at IO. I was like, Sharna, can I run a festival? She's like, I don't care, baby, do whatever you want. So I just like, basically, you know, the box office staff and the bar staff is already there. She just gives, gave me the two spaces and was like, you have them this day's program, these days program, whatever. Now I have a marketing team, a salesperson, a building manager, a caterer. Like it's now it is so much bigger than I had ever imagined. Um, but it's super exciting. And then Arian Lubach, who's a, is like essentially the John Oliver of the Netherlands. He's quite famous. Um, he's in our festival, which is huge for the Dutch community. And he's doing a reunion show with his Dutch improv team, Upsterkwader. And that sold out in like literally 30 minutes like when is this happening july 24th to august 1st amazing and is amsterdam mm -hmm. open now is it or is everybody doing okay doors are open capacities are full or what so we we reopen officially next week and we have a capacity of 50 and then july 1st we have a capacity of 150 and then 50 in our smaller space because we are, we're able Oof. to do a 1.5 in our bigger space for 150 people, if you can believe it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we were doing great for a really long time in the, in the Netherlands. And then we stopped doing great. And we were not vaccinating anyone at all. And it was terrible. And now, now that they've started, it's kind of now underway. But we are pretty much open now. We're in like phase two of our phase three opening. So... Great. So your your festival will still be pristine. You don't need yes. to have to. Great. Yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, Joe and Elise, think of if there are any other questions you have, and Biddy and Stacy, if there's anything. But uh, yeah, you go ahead, Elise. I'll ask my last Biddy, one. When is your birthday? Like, what is your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> the day of my birth is the first of March. The 1st of March. Thank you. Elise is our resident oh astrologist, so she's probably already assessed what she thinks you are <laughs> based on how you have behaved. And apparently she can tell by people's facial structure as well. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so there, can, you tell me, was can you give me the information? I always tell everyone. Yeah, did, did, was it in line with what you were thinking, Elise? Yes, yes. But I imagine that she has a female Taurus really close to her life, too, because she, she kind of looks a little like uh, a Taurus woman. <laughs> what, is, what is Taurus? Taurus, Taurus is, is like April, uh, April, late, like... Joe is a Taurus. April 20th, which is my birthday, through May 19th, 20th. My older sisters are the most important people in my life, and they're they're twins, and they're May second. It's really Ooh. weird, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> After me, do I do I look like a Virgo? Woman? I <laughs> do I look like I have wrinkle lines from my obsessive compulsive disorder? Really? Yeah. But well, Stacey, I've known you're Virgo for a very long time. Yeah. 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 I think it's one of the first things you asked me as well. I don't know. Did, did, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, you assessed me. So, uh, 
I mean, here's the beautiful thing about both of you amongst many, many beautiful things. Um, but the one that's on my mind right now is the the tempting part to me about following that idea Kristen suggested of having an ensemble that also runs the theater is that um, based on what you were saying, Stacey, it was making me think about it of like the more you've produced the better you are, I think, as a cast member, too, mm-hmm. because you have an understanding of how fucking annoying it is when no one can, like, shut up or remember or when people ask you a thousand times for something you've provided documents that remind them, right? You you learn how to be responsible <laughs> for yourself uh, in a way that makes your producer's life easier, which actually makes you more marketable as a person to work with because people are going to hire someone as a pleasure to work with right and and vice versa i think you two are just so brilliant and wonderful and lovely as administrators because you're performers and teachers and so you understand what makes an environment that is conducive for everybody to thrive you know so I this just is a- the most love i've gotten in a very long time <laughs> we <What>? are <laughs> like beside ourselves <laughs> We can't handle this. <laughs> but, but it also, uh, like, you know, and Biddy and I talk about this all the time. And the reason we, like, immediately were magnets to each other was we wanted to have strong voice, you know, as being the two women and then having three men who are all unfortunately very lovely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, we wanted so to annoying. make sure that we, we put our stamp on making sure that we were leaders in this community and that we were able to give people a, a voice. And so that's that's always been one of our missions immediately and why we do duo shows um, and and curate duos and and force people to be duos to perform in our shows just because there's so many interesting people that don't know each other because our 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 scene is small and continuously growing but we like kind of do shows where we produce where we're like hey like super veteran easy laughs person uh do a show with this like six month old improviser they're not six months they're not babies you know what i mean (laughs) they're babies they're improv babies but but like doing we try to produce things like that and 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 a lot of variety shows we do a lot of variety shows to just like give everyone kind of a taste of like what is your comedic voice you could do stand-up you could do storytelling you could read an essay you could just cry openly for five minutes stacy you could you know whatever you want to do we, we want you to kind of find your voice because I think that was very important for Biddy and I both in our journeys to find our voice. And then once we did, that's what made us feel, you know, confident and excited to do things. And I'm really yeah, excited. Definitely. I think that Sorry, that was one ahead, of the first, like one of the main things coming in here is like, yeah, you're going to be in the cast and you're also going to be managing the cast. So Stacey has talked a lot about what we do for the community, which has been so fulfilling. The community has blown my freaking mind. Um, but, uh, but also like a lot of my job is managing our direct cast. And for us, <laughs> a lot of the people that come over, it's their first professional job in comedy. So at first I was kind of like, uh, Hey, don't do that. Oh, you hate me. Great. I hate myself. Okay. This is horrible. <laughs> but now I, I've turned, <laughs> I feel like that was like new mom bitty. And now like, I, I'm so passionate about like boom and what we do here and, uh, the, 
the silver lining of my job is that I get to take care of the actors and I've seen it as mm-hmm. that as an opportunity. I love them and I, and I want to take care of them in their new job and I'm more comfortable with that. So now I'm just kind of like, you hate me. And then I'm like, go do your homework. You hate me, but that's fine. You're going to thank me in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's tiger mom. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so. It's just been so nice. And I just have to say on the record, like it's also just been so nice, like having Stacy here and like learning so much because I, I am newer to it all. And having someone join in and in the administration and I was trying to my, find my voice and she's helped me. All of the women at Boom have helped me find my voice tenfold um, in particular. And uh, Stacy, especially with like how you can run a theater so there was the missing link between boom and the community and i wanted it as soon as i got here i'm talking to people i talked to like people i knew and it's trying to make that happen it was just so hard to make it stick um and uh and seeing that link like i grew up in an improv community where you don't talk to your teachers like they don't have time for you kind of thing and that's just how i was raised uh, and I didn't understand <laughs> stacy was like stacy was like i'm gonna do a show with one of my students and i was like <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Um, and 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 she's like, yeah, I love them, and it would be fun. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's what I'm saying about just- when Stacy moved to Sarasota, and I saw <laughs> the way that she was with the people in Sarasota, and she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go to dinner with one of the students, and this student is in her 80s, and she go- and she knows all about this woman's life, and it was, I was like. Yes, this we're humans. <laughs> like, who the fuck do we yeah. think we are? We're improv teachers. Yeah, I teach a zip zap zap. Like, I'm real. Yeah, special. like we're human. Yeah. Like, all of us right. are human. But I think that's also yeah. you know I, I had Joe as a teacher and it completely changed my life. Like, and it was at a time where I was like doing way too much at once, and he was like, <laughs> "Oh, just peel this banana. It's just this." And I was like, "What? Jesus Christ." <laughs> Um, but he unlocked so much for me. And the one thing that he showed me that I think was really, really valuable is that, that we are humans. Like, like mm-hmm. even like, especially when I played with him on Deltones, they welcomed me so quickly and I was so intimidated and I was terrified, but it was my dream to be on the Deltones. And everyone was just like, yeah, what do you, what did you do before the show? And I was like, you care about, oh God. <laughs> but but for me, like one thing that I've tried to tap into a lot is like, and all of you know this, but like, I'm an open book. I'm like the most vulnerable person there is in this world, but I want people to know that I struggle and that I stay up at night thinking about student loans and that I have panic attacks and that I am not healthy a lot of the times and that I'm a work in progress. And I want my students to know that so that they know that like, sometimes I'm going to get a sub just so I can watch Emily in Paris. It's not a good show, but I need the night off. <laughs> but like for me, I, I want, I want them to know Louise, that about me. Right. <laughs> God, it's just such a, trash show um but i want them to know that about me so that they are prepared when they move up in this business that it, it's super important to be a human 
You can't be a comedy Joe, robot. You're not crying. I, Don't start crying, Joe, because then I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I almost like, made it through one show. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the one thing that has made me the back. most angry and I've tried to like fight against for so long has been people have been like, you're the hardest working woman in improv. And it's the most infuriating thing that people think they're complimenting me on. But I'm like, why is it so much easier for other people? Why do I have to work so hard? But the hard work pays off. So it's like, well, I guess you're right. But also, like, fuck you. I'm the one giving you a spot on the stage. So I just hope that (laughs) when someone writes a book about me, they said I was nice to older people. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I just I have watched you from afar. We've only crossed paths a little bit, which is crazy to me, especially because we have the same name. So it must be that you can't have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two Stacys in the same improv festival. I mean, we have thing. both been exactly at the same festivals, but all opposite I'm years. I'm yeah. But, you know, I've been aware of you from afar and uh, seen you hop around. And I, I oh, just yeah. hope that this is like just the best golden age for you where like people had the best intentions and brought you in to do these things and use these skills you have when they weren't really ready or really weren't prepared or the culture wasn't there right and like I feel like I just have such a good feeling about your presence there and the support you have and people like Biddy and Andrew and Boom and your cast and like just where the world is like you two are are crushing it and we're all sending you love and support and seriously call me anytime when you just want to fucking unleash I'm moving to Portland baby Have I moved somewhere after this? Someone's got to take me in. Well, talk to Joe. Talk to Elise. Talk Um, to me. I think that's the plan. I think everybody is going to end up in Portland. That's my goal. Anyway, my goal and my dream is eventually you'll end up here. So uh, totally welcome. And our musical, you know, we got a lot of passionate people wanting to do more musical stuff. <laughs> Chris, there's <laughs> <is>. a <laughs> I love you. She's coming to Amsterdam and I'm going to hug her so hard until she explodes. Yeah, she is so oh, excited. She uh, is. So, I was like, oh, I think you've used all your vacation. <laughs> we don't have vacation. Like, we don't have it. Like, it's not a thing. Like, Can't go to Amsterdam. Sorry. You know, she's so excited. I just don't want to, I just don't want it to end. So that means we have to do it again someday. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Joe and Elise, as usual. Thank you, Biddy and Stacy. Oh, thank you so much. So sweet. I love all of you. I love, I love all of you. you so take much. care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh my face hurt from smiling. I know, me too. Uh.